Hey everyone, I'm Abby, and I don't need to fake it anymore. Are you sure about that? Because you're laughing. You made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jenny, and I don't fake it with myself. Welcome to Blame It on the Badge, your weekly vagina talk with your besties. This week, we're going to talk with Flo all about the joys of menopause. But first, how's your badge this week, Abby? My badge is good, actually. So still doing the commando thing, which is really fun. And I've also recruited you. So that's also <laughs> fun. Yeah, I can't complain. The period is over. It's been a nice week of no anything. So yeah, it's a pretty quiet week. How about you, Jenny? How's yours? Well, you recruited me only temporarily because I'm bleeding again for the third time in a month. We're going on nine days this time. So yay. And I've been using that cream that Colleen's voodoo doctors recommended. It helped the first time I felt like and cut it way short and I'm still wearing it, but it's not helping this time. Mm. So maybe I should stop master. Maybe it's making it. Maybe it's making it worse. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, I'm bleeding 20 <laughs> times more. It's like extra weird. Like, why isn't this working? Activity. I keep putting it on and <laughs> I'm just bleeding more. And I'm itchy, but I still haven't put one of those your pills up there. I'm still scared you to. to. You need to. It'll help it. How long do you put them up for? Like a couple nights in a row? Well, yeah, until it stops. Until it itchy. stops being itchy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pills up my vag. Cream. Take one on my for the skin. team, Jenny. Show our <laughs> listeners that it's okay to shove a pill <laughs> up your vagina. <laughs> we didn't cover. Did we cover that in the things you shouldn't shove up your vagina episode? I think we did, but I think it was okay. <coughs> it was one of the ones okay. that's okay. Oh, that's right. That's okay. Cell phones and picture frames, not okay. Not okay. Not okay. Yeah. Pork lines, double wrapped in condoms, okay. If yes. you season them first. Seasoning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. Flo, how's your badge? It's quite lovely. Thank you very much. So it is it is it is perfectly in the place it is supposed to be and behaving as it should. So nice. Good. Yes. Yes. And I'm what good. did it take to get you there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's never really been. We, we've had a we've had a mutual understanding since I was 11 years old that I was in charge. So, so it, it pays attention. It listens. That's nice. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm pretty lucky in that regard. So I don't have a lot of extra weirdness or itchiness or any of those things that happen to a lot of people. So good. Good. Yeah. You don't have an Abby badge. I do not. <laughs> I, do. I do not. And and I think I should be grateful for that. You so. should. We all are. <laughs> After listening Nobody to wants Abby. an Abby vag. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself first, if you want. Oh. Well, um, I'm a recovering movie producer, so there's we'll start there. Um, and uh, I'm a mother of a 10-year-old child who is starting her own journey into this world, which is fun. Um, 
How long have we been married? My husband's laying next to me. How long have we been married? Since 2008. At least a century. Yeah, feels like he said it feels like a century, so that's fun. <laughs> um, and uh, had my first kid at 41, which was an interesting experience, interesting and lovely experience. But <laughs> my husband just said it that I know of in terms of my first child. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it's in terms of who I am, I run a Girl Scout troop. If you cut me, I bleed green and have, you know, this transition into motherhood was a, was completely, just completely changed my life. And so, you know, I'm grateful for it. It's fantastic. And now I get to start now I'm, now I'm on this starting this next journey of womanhood, which is, you know, menopause. And it's, uh, it's been interesting to say the least. It is it is a fascinating thing to go through, especially when your kid's on the other end and just really just starting, like just starting puberty, you know, the and so we my poor husband periodically has to flee to the garage for solitude and a lack of estrogen. But in you know, is that what you want? Do you need any more about me, like who I am, where I live, anything like that? No, no. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> yes, no. we need your address and <laughs> Your phone number, phone number and <laughs> no, that'll, that'll do. How old were you when you started your period? 11. I was 11. I was 11 and six months almost to the day. Is that right? No, seven months. 11 because it was June. It was June of the 11th year of my life. Yeah. And then started, let's see, I stopped bleeding this past June was my last period and was confirmed that I'm in full menopause in through some hormonal tests in August. Um, and then for the past, for several months, I was just gritting my teeth and gutting it out and having just terrible hot flashes and just moody and mean and unhappy and um, was on a I was doing this like Zoom vision board thing with a bunch of my friends and and all of us are are menopausal or postmenopausal uh, with the exception of one of us. I had a I had a massive hot flash in the middle of this the Zoom call and my friend Cindy was like, "Oh, go get the patch. It's the best thing you'll ever do." And so I was seeing my doctor soon anyway, and we had started talking about what's called HRT, which is heart replacement therapy. And based on Cindy's recommendation, I'm like, so what is this? Here I am, and I'm on estradiol and a level progesterone, and I am much happier than I was a few months ago. So that's, that's so far. That's because one of the ladies at work also was talking about how much she loves the patch. It stopped her migraines. Yes. It's it's kind of amazing what happens. And I have a, um I switched gynecologists uh on the recommendation of my primary um because my and my current gynecologist specializes in women's health overall and is is really she's not about babies. Right. So my former my old gynecologist was a really just an OB like that was her mainstay. And this new one, she's amazing. She's responsive, interested, and her entire staff is set up to like handle like any questions you have. Like we have this patient portal where I can email them at any time or say, hey, this thing's going on. And I get a response in like 24 hours. It's I, I've never had a physician like this. 
That's so like, great never... when you can find one like it's that. amazing. Like you hit She's the amazing. Jackpot. I really did. I really did. And um, but you know, it's it's also like HRT is not something to be taken lightly. You know, it's it, there are long-term side effects that you have to be super careful of. You know, thankfully there's no breast cancer in my family. Um, there's not a lot of some of the other high-risk factors when you're going on HRT. I don't smoke, which is a big deal because it's a, a lot of the same side effects of being on birth control, like, you know, but they're a little bit more serious in this age range, in this age group. You know, and the idea is just it's to ease the symptoms, but there are also other things that happen in menopause that um, are very concerning. Things like, you know, you you your bone density decreases tremendously. And so the HRT helps with that, um, helps prevent the osteoporosis from becoming, you know, as big of an issue as it might be in other times. But it's. I was just going to ask about her periods leading up to her stopping. So I turned 50 and within six weeks had two periods. Like it was literally like going from like my normal, like every 28 days on the dot. Don't like, don't even think about it. This is what's going to happen from the time I was 11 to, That's you know, nice. oh, unless I was on birth control and then it's just a totally different thing. But, um, but even that, like you take the pill or on the patch for 28 days and you get a little something, but, but, and then, then I, I literally, it was like, I turned 50 and then they started being really irregular and I would go for a couple months and not have one. And then I'd have two in six weeks and they were gross. It was like lots of clots and lot, like it was, I was, I was getting migraines, which was something that was not really part of my life before I had a kid. It was just, it was clear there was something going on and, um, you know, I figured I'm 50, whatever. And then last year, I guess when I was 51, I don't know, I was talking to my mom at some point and I said something about having, get, having to get tampons and she's like, you're still bleeding. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Like it was, she was just, she was just very apologetic that it was, I was still, and then I, whatever um, I started, mothers are laughing at us. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, she just, but my mom though, she's a special case. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> um, and so I know it was a few months after that, I started getting the hot flashes, but not bad. Like once in a while I would have one. And then this past June was just it like, the period stopped and the hot flashes started. It was, it felt like overnight that it would just, you know, I would, it was, and it was awful. It was, it was literally like, I would go through puberty any day over that. Like it just, it was, it's just awful. So at least, it, I mean, it was for me. And then I called my mom and my mom, I was like, you know, we were talking about it. And she's like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen to me. So she got my aunt on the phone who apparently had terrible hot flashes. We had a whole like, chatty chat about hot flashes and issues and you know all sorts of stuff and it was it was lovely but it was also like my mom's like yeah I didn't have any of that happen to me which was normal for my mom my mom never had a a period cramp in her entire life what skipping and a lot what kind of tests did they put you through was it blood work did they do tissue samples yeah so it was it was blood work and then a standard pap right like that's what they do and then one of the things that is, at least at my doctor's office, is a requirement before she will prescribe HRT is a mammogram. 
like, and I had, I don't, I don't do the annual mammogram because I find it ridiculous. Um, but you know, that's not to say people shouldn't do their annual mammograms. I usually skip a couple of years. Like I'll do it every two or three years. Cause the first time I had one, I had a, I had a big time scare and I didn't want to go through that again. And, um, and they, and so I have, um, and so anyway, so I had to get a mammogram just to make sure there were no, you know, masses or anything. Um, and then, you know, she, I called, we, I went in, I went to say it was, I had an appointment a couple of days after I talked to Cindy and I just said, she said, so what do you think? And I'm like, let's do this, you know, let's just do it. And so we started and, you know, it's like a month and a half ago at this point. And it's, it's worked out pretty well for me, you know, for some people it doesn't work. And that's the other thing too. It's like for some people it takes a while to adjust medication or do or find the right one. And the killer is in talking to my doctor, one of the biggest problems is if you have a testosterone issue and I don't thankfully, but there, there, you are not, you are not a testosterone issue. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, so that if you have uh, like if you have low T as a woman and you're in this space and they want and you want to get um, testosterone, you can't get it from a regular pharmacy because they don't make it for women. So you have to get it from a compounding pharmacy and it's incredibly expensive and it's not covered by any insurance. But if you have low oh. T and you're a, if you have low T and you're a dude, like if you're a man and you have low T, it's no big deal. It's almost always covered by insurance and, and it's this, yeah. And, and they don't have to do anything special. It is ridiculous. I don't think I can do the HRT because I have breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Yeah. But they keep trying to put me on birth control pills Mm -hmm. or an IUD. Right. Push in the IUD. Yeah. My mom had a, (laughs) my mom had an IUD and she she had a non-hormonal because it was, she had it put in after I was born and so my mom had an IUD for close to 20 years and, and it was copper and never, she never bought her. No, nothing ever bad happened with it. It like, she went like 15 years without getting it checked. Wow. Like, well, okay. But my mom also never had a cramp in her life. So, you know, she's just this wow. weird. Yeah. She's just weird. This is a weird human to me. So. She's so lucky. I know. Sure. That's that's one word for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I tried I tried the birth control thing when I was married at the beginning of the marriage and it almost ended the marriage or I don't want to do that again. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that with your history and everything that 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 would be a good way for you to handle things. So um, <laughs> like, um you know, there's and the other thing, too, is in terms of HRT is sort of the the top end of the scale. There's a lot of women out there that do stuff like black cohosh and supplements or bioidenticals. And like there's a lot of other kind of stuff out there that is um, that can help some women. And that's a little bit more of the natural path way of dealing with it. And then, you know, like Japanese women tend to not have menopausal symptoms in the same way that we do because their entire diet is full of phytoestrogens. So it's just a different, you know, it's just a different way of, of living. And so diet has a lot to do with it too. 
And for me, I know that if I, if I was, if I sort of fell off, which I do sometimes and, you know, um, would have like a mass amount of sugar in a day, it would make the hot flashes so much worse. Right. Wine. I haven't, I mean, I haven't had wine in six months. So, and that was like, no, Abby. Well, but again, everybody is different. It doesn't do the same thing to everybody. Oh, I'm sure I will get the hot flashes. (laughs) I got them with Accutane. And the Abby, wine you'll get them with wine. You'll get them with chocolate. You'll get them with. I'll just get it in the middle of a presentation at work. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, those are the funniest, right? When you're like sitting and you're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I know my face is red. Yeah. <laughs> I feel have it. broken out in a sweat. And my aunt used to run a daycare. And so she would she would like, you know, she was like the kids would always be like you know, Jane, are you okay? Are you, she's like, she said it was the worst thing because her, cause she's like me, she's light skinned like me, but she doesn't have any freckles. And so there's nothing to hide. Like, like, like her face turned like beet red and she would just get drenched immediately. You know, I have a little bit of like cover. I have a little bit of camouflage. So, but yeah, she just, she said it was, it was the worst. She said it was worst. And hers lasted like six or seven years. So it took her a while to get through the whole thing. Yeah. So, and like, um, and some women, you know, they don't get hot flashes. My mom says, says she thinks she may have had one, which is just (laughs) my mom. Um, The acknowledgement of what's going on when it's happening is realistically, like, I thank my therapist every day because like my therapist, our family therapist, like the recognition that emotions have a place, but they don't control things like that to me has been a lot of the saving grace of of going through this journey. I don't know what I would be like if I hadn't had that kind of education in my life about what the difference between a feeling and an emotion is, you know, how to handle big emotions and big situations. You know, again, I'm going to tell you. You talk to my kid, I've turned into like a snappy bee to her or something. And she's like, but she also gets to call me out. This morning I did it to her and I snapped at her about something. She's like, mom, you just snapped at me and that is not okay. And so, but I, I honestly don't know how people go through this level of emotional upheaval. Cause that's what it is for me. It's, it's unbelievable. The difference in, and I'm generally a pretty controlled person in terms of my emotions, like, and this is just, this is not, this is not normal. This is not, you know, yet. And so it's, it's also hard sometimes to parse out, okay, what's menopause? What's, what is actually being triggered by this crazy roller coaster of hormones? And what is it that I'm actually feeling about this situation? Right. And that's been a super big challenge. And again, without, without, you know, three years of intensive therapy, and then our, standard like we do check-ins with our therapist every once in a while because we have a family therapist and and I don't know I don't know where I'd be without that kind of knowledge right I I think I would just be an insane human yeah I feel like family members need to go through some sort of mandatory class (laughs) about menopause and be like this is what you're spouse slash mother will be acting like and feeling and 
going through and you need to be okay with that. Right. <laughs> right. And don't How leave you her. Can support them. Here's mm-hmm. what you yeah. don't fucking say. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you know, and everybody's different. Like I have a tendency to laugh at myself when I do stupid things. I don't know that everybody has that capability, you know? Right. And so that's also makes it a little bit harder because people take themselves so seriously. And I'm just like, I am not one of those people. So it's definitely a journey. Oh, Jen, you had asked me at one point about the tests. I think over the, you know, I mean, I was dealing with some other things too that we were, they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. But um, when I was like, I was, they, you know, and ultimately turned out that I have Hashimoto's and, and they, um, they took a lot of blood, but the, um, the, the gynecologist there were specific tests that they did and they're specifically like they have to do with the estrogen levels and the progesterone levels and testosterone. And honestly, as crazy it is vitamin D because one of the things that happens in menopause is that your vitamin D levels like drop through the basement. And so I'm, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm on a vitamin D supplement, which apparently everybody should be on because we don't get enough of it and our diets are going, you know, we don't spend enough time outside. Um, And in general, the American population is low on vitamin D, but it's also like when you, when you look at what vitamin D does, it's, it's, it's really important. It is a really important part of our immune system too. And so it's, you know, it helps with, you know, your macrophages and it helps. And so, you know, so there are all these benefits and I'm like, how did I not know this before? Like, you know, why aren't nobody we talking? Yeah. Nobody talks about like, hey, your food sucks. So you should be eating these. And like, you know, it's just it's interesting what when you really put your mind to it, how important like eating is, how important all of this stuff is. It's just, you know, food is medicine. And there are a lot of women that control their menopause symptoms with food. And I see that on the message board, on the Facebook group a lot, is that there are a lot of women that are like, here's here's what I did. I cut out gluten or I cut out grains or I cut out dairy. And, you know, all of these things have different effects on different people. So, but it's, it's, it's an interesting journey for, for sure. And you know, when you think about it and you think about the, 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 the higher primates, so us and the great apes and orcas pretty much are the only mammals that are the only animals that go through menopause. It's really fascinating. It's like, why? What is the purpose? <laughs> so. Population control. For sure. <laughs> I think that too, like we, we're, we're long, we're a long lived species like the orcas. Right. And so there's a point at which, yeah, you know, and it look and in, and in the orca population is, and this is just a little side, side note, um, the menopausal, the postmenopausal females become leaders of the, of the pots. Oh. Yeah. They become the matriarchs of their pots. Granny orca with the tallest fins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that was just my little National Geographic side note. I I don't care how much blood they take. I'm just tired of them scooping pieces out of my uterus because it fucking hurts like hell. I had none of that. 
Yeah, but I've, you know. Had that over and over again. Well, you've also had, like, stuff your whole life, so. True. I mean. I am stuff. You are stuff. Or as Coach Megan calls me, I'm just special. (laughs) You are special. You are totally (laughs) special. What other symptoms did you have? So you had the hot flashes, you had the irritability, insomnia. That's a hard one for me because I've had insomnia my whole life, but I kind of feel like it's starting to get a little different now. For me, the insomnia came because of the middle of the night hot flashes. And, and so I would have, and those were the worst hot flashes, you know, they, my mom, you know, it's like the night sweats or whatever, right? Like it's, that's what it is. And so, you know, I'd be sleeping and all of a sudden I wake up and I'd be like, everything was wet. And, and that's just like, and it, and there's just no stopping it. Like you get up and then you have to change and blah, blah, blah. So those were the, definitely the things. And the other thing is, and this is like a bonus. My boobs are bigger. And not because okay, I've gained, I need I, that. <laughs> not because I've gained weight, but apparently, and like again, nobody talks about this stuff until you're in the middle of it, right? Like nobody, like there's no, like you said, Abby, like there's no like class on like menopause, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about about uh, about another subject, but like when I had a miscarriage before I got pregnant with my daughter, I had no idea how common they were. Because nobody talks about it until you have one. And it's like half the people I know have, have the half the women I know have had a miscarriage. And it's like, well, why aren't we talking about this? It's a natural thing that happens. It's the menopause, same thing. Why don't we talk about this? What has happened to us? Because you know women in villages in, in peasant Europe talked about it. You know that women all over the world, this happens to everybody. Like, why don't we talk about it? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox for a second. So back to the symptoms. It really is, it's, it, the irritability is probably the worst for me because it's just, I can't control it. You know, <laughs> it's just like, why am I like this? This is just not who I am. Um, but the insomnia, yeah, that was bad because I'm not somebody who has ever suffered from insomnia, ever. Like sleeping is my is my favorite inactivity and um and so that was bad and I'm hungry all the time like and that was not something that was a part of my life before um it's how the the HRT has helped a little bit with it but it's literally like it's it there's just like I just want food and part of that's probably psychological it's probably not all actually hunger um but, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to think of like what other symptoms, but the bigger boobs is nice. That's been a yeah, nice. That'll be nice. <laughs> it is nice. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. But that, again, it's like nobody told me that 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 was going to happen to me. Um, I just almost grabbed my breasts to say I have itty bitty titties. And I'm like, you really don't need to. You're on camera. You okay. don't need to touch yourself. But, <laughs> but Abby and I are friends. It's fine. It's not like it would be unusual. We know you do it all the time, Jenny. I'm sad for people that don't do it all the time, Abby. When the vagina podcast takes a wrong turn. <laughs> Is it wrong? I don't think it's wrong. No, it's not. It's not wrong. So Touching yourself is totally natural. 
Yes, did it. Probably don't do it on camera. That's how you get fired. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But probably not from a show called Blame It on the Vag. No. Really can't get fired. <laughs> you can touch yourself on our podcast anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Abby's doing the uncomfortable laughter. <laughs> I'm touching myself right now. Good. You just can't see it. Well, we can't see it because we can't see you. So. That's why your camera's not on. That's why I turned it off. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, when you got to do it, you got to do it. Yep. Well, let's talk about the patch for a minute because I was really confused when my coworker was talking about it. Because it sounded like you can only shower the one day that you take it off a week. And that was confusing. Yeah, I don't know who's talking to her, but that sounds stupid. I was on birth control, a birth control patch for a long time. Because I I was too. Oral birth control. It's the same. It's the, and this one, um, it's twice, I replace it twice a week which is a little weird um so I do it like what Monday Monday mornings and Thursday nights is when I change it and I can shower and do anything it's just like having a little it's just like having a really like solid band-aid on and where you put it you put it on your butt like on the very top of your butt so it's just like but yeah no it doesn't it doesn't come off in the shower I remember always having that constant like band-aid Goopy ring. The goopy ring. The yeah. patches. Yeah. When I was on yeah. that birth control patch. Yeah. You do get that. <laughs> so, like, you know, on Thursday nights, like, if I take a shower when I get home from work, I'll take it off before I get in the shower and I'll scrub the little patch. But, yeah, it's, 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 and it's small. It's only about this big. Can you see my fingers? Oh, that's weird. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's that big. It's, it's a lot smaller than the birth control patch that I was on. Um, And it is, you change it a couple times a week. And it's, it's so not. It's, Mm-hmm. So when you say HRT, like hormone replacement therapy, right? What does that all involve? So you have a patch. Is there? Right. You talked about pills as well. So is yeah. this like a combination of things that you're it taking? Is. So okay. I'm on estradiol, which is the estrogen replacement, and then I'm on a progesterone replacement uh, because my progesterone is really, 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 really low. And so that's like, and that was an issue that like, that's why I had a miscarriage was because my progesterone was really low when I conceived my fir- the first time. And, um, and so we, we, my, my OB and I monitored that while I was ovulating when, so that when I got pregnant with Audrey, it was, um, it was not going to be an issue. And so, um, you know, it was it really is just, um, it's a pill and a patch. That's what I'm on. And if I, if I needed the testosterone, which is one of the things, if one of the things that the doctor said is like, I'm not going to put you on testosterone right now, even though my, my testosterone is very, 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 very low, because if the progesterone and the estradiol work, there's no point in adding something into that mix. But if the estradiol and the progesterone hadn't cleared up the, the sort of the migrainey, like, insomnia hot flash situation we would have talked about the adding testosterone into the mix um i'm thankfully have good enough health coverage that my hrt is covered there are a lot of women that don't have coverage in their in their insurance plans for hrt um so sometimes you know and then there are some other things like if this hadn't worked 
as well as, as it's working. We would have talked about injection, which is, um, you know, I don't know, right? And they're the same thing is um, they do the same thing for HRT where you put them in your arm. So, um, and but yeah, that's so yeah, it's a combination of stuff to to level out the hormones that are missing basically when you go through menopause. And then again, I'm I, you know I have my first follow up in March, and then we'll talk about how long I'm going to be on it and what happens when you go off of it, and you know, do you take a break like just to see how it's going? Because the the thing is because it because you you lose the ability to because it controls all the symptoms you don't know when you're done right so i don't know you don't know when when it's when you're actually through menopause and officially postmenopausal so so you um, kind of just have to guess and then wean off of it and see yep. if that if it's a good time yeah basically yeah to see and and you know and there's a lot of things that factors factors that go into it and one of the things that both my OB and my my current my I guess she's my menopause doctor um, have said is like your best bet is to talk to the women you're you're blood related to about their experiences because their experiences are going to closely relate to yours and that includes both sides like paternal and maternal female uh, relatives if you can if you have that option. And they, you know, and, and so that's what I try to do because, you know, they're the, they're sort of the experts in the situation. And, and the fact of the matter is like my, my mom is 82 and her sisters are in their late seventies. So they also went through menopause before there was HRT, like before it was even something that would be considered. So they had to like grin and bear it. Right. Yeah. Um, do, do they remember? Have you spoken with them? And do they remember? I feel like my aunts. My, just my aunt Jane in particular. Yeah, and some of the, sometimes that's the case. My aunt Jane in particular, because we're so similar in body style and have been since. You know, I mean, it's it. She's the one that I rely on the most in terms of like, how is this for you? How is this for you? you no, know, she sneezed and her kids were born. Like, you know, like she went into labor, she <laughs> sneezed, she had a baby. Like, mm-hmm. it's she's you know she's definitely a sort of that that Irish peasant, broad hipped, you know, family member and and so she and I she and I share a lot of similar um experiences with those things. Um whereas my mom is completely different. My mom was never overweight. Like we I've been fighting weight issues my whole life. And my mom was always a stick. My mom didn't have any of the same you know, I would get fevers and throw up when I first got my period. She didn't believe me. She thought I was faking it. I mean, I remember it that way. She doesn't. She clearly does not remember it that way. But, um, but I had terrible cramps, especially the first couple of years I had my period, and uh, and she never had cramp in her life. So, so my mother was not the touch has not been the touchstone for me. But like my aunt Jane is, and there's a couple of other women. My sister and I talk about it sometimes, and then you know my cousins talk about it. So yeah, it's female female relatives are the best. In, in terms of getting the information that you need. But again, it's not necessarily your direct, like it's not my mom because she has completely different reproductive experience. Your sex life, is it improving on the patch? Absolutely. Because like literally for like 
probably since July, from July until uh, just a couple weeks ago. I If he touched me, I would have a hot flash. And it was gross. And I was like, yeah, get away from me. Do, do not touch me. Like, I love you. Like, I would hug him and I would get a hot flash. And it was just like, it was just gross. And Did you, gross. like, tape a line down the middle of your bed? No. No. <laughs> do not cross this line. Cross this line. No, it wasn't like that. It was, it was just... It, he, and he was so respectful about it. Like, that was part of the problem, That's too. Good. Is like, he's like, I don't want to, like, you have to tell me because I'm not even going to try. Because I, he's like, one, I don't want to be rejected. And two, I do not want to invade your space. And so, yeah. So we had a little bit of a dry spell, but it's gone now. We're fine. Um, so good to have a spouse that's supportive. He's through unbelie- it. It's, I, and, and Jenny knows my ex-husband. I, yeah, I feel like that this is just Sid, though. Like, seeing the journey between the ex-husband and this yeah. husband and how it's yeah. always praises about Sid. Oh, yeah. And, and what a wonderful, supportive human being he is as a partner, yeah. as a father, as a husband, as a friend. Like, no one ever says anything bad about this man. Like, and... <laughs> I think I've met Sid only once, only once but yeah. I've never heard anyone say or seen anyone say, all it takes is one person saying something good about him and everyone else floods yeah. the feed with Sid praise. So yeah. he's, he's, he's a pretty incredible human being. And I feel like you were owed one after the first. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it was true. Um, cause that guy, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Cause that guy, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's, it also takes work though, Jen. I mean, it's not like, you know, the thing about it is, is, is it's, that goes both ways. It goes both ways in terms of like, we have to be supportive of one another. And, you know, Sid's been a stay at home dad since my kid was 10 weeks old, you know, and like, and literally like he's had he's had a couple of jobs here and there just like acting stuff that he does, but he just, he just really, he leaned into it and he's been, it's been the best, you know, she's, it is wonderful. And I got to tell you, like as hard as it is to be a one income family and trust me, it is not easy. I wouldn't, she's an amazing kid and she's an amazing kid because she gets to stay home with her, you know, because my dad, my husband's a stay at home dad. And, you know, and with COVID, I don't know how, I don't know how we would have done this if both of us had been working from home. I think, you know, if, if we both had needed, cause she needed, especially in the beginning, so much support. And now she's like, she's got it now. Like she's totally fine now. She doesn't need that much. She's in fourth grade. So it's not like she's, it's not like kindergarten where you have to be on them all the time. But, um, but it's, it's been having a partner who is my best friend is I, I don't I don't know how, I don't know how to live any other way and you know and I look at my history and I'm just like mm, yeah those mistakes were so that I could get here right yeah you know? and that's yeah. and I think that's true of the menopause journey too you know it's like I said earlier like there's no way I would be as calm and thoughtful about this process and what is happening not only hormonally to me but emotionally if I hadn't had, you know, bouts of intensive therapy in my life, you know, and to and like knowing oneself is so important in this journey because because it is such a different headspace, 
Like your hormones are literally trying to make you crazy. That's what it feels like. It feels like sometimes, I, you know, I am at war with my own body. And I know, Jen, you know that. I mean, you know how that feels just from other situations, not just, you know, not menopause related. But but it's. Yeah, you know. feel like your body's betraying you. Literally. And like I'm like on purpose. Yeah. Like it feels intentional. And right. so God, God and I have had a couple fights about this (laughs) um because i'm not a fan and i you know like mm, not sure that that really this was this was a good part of the plan so um yeah can we can we stop that sometime soon yeah all the women that do that yeah just stupid but whatever it is what it is we have to walk on two feet so we ended up with a an under underperforming uterus so um human (laughs) beings had to walk on two feet for whatever reason and so women got the short end of the stick because we have to we had to change our pelvis and now we have to basically give birth to a human being who's not quite ripe so (laughs) (laughs) anyway so yeah i mean it's it's a journey it's not over by any stretch of the imagination the next few months are going to be interesting to say the least and um but it's I just I don't know man I feel like I shouldn't complain about anything because it's all very developed world kind of problems um you know middle class problems but it's also like it's still it's painful you know I'm not gonna lie about that it's painful and it's disruptive and it's not fun. Yeah. I think the support group that you're on on Facebook is probably very helpful as well, especially given that a lot of us don't talk about it. And even within our own families, like I have two aunts that I can't discuss it with at all because we don't talk about those things. And then I have one aunt who mm-hmm. will talk about anything and everything, but she's always telling me you're too young to be going through menopause and oh there was no such thing as perimenopause when I was your age it was this or this you know and then we have my mom who since I was fucking 30 has gone back and forth on the swinging pendulum between wanting grandkids and telling me I need to just have my uterus yanked oh you just need to have it taken out oh you just need to have it taken out it's like a broken record now you just need to have it taken out like I don't want to have my stuff yanked like no it's a vital organ that holds up other structures inside of your body so taking it out is a very serious decision and if you have the alternative i would say don't but it also causes you a great deal of pain and that's you know and i know that that's been that's been a struggle god forever right like right as long as i've known you and so it's like you know I mean, in this place, this is where I go very Western medicine, like talk to your doctor, see what she has to say. Like those are the that's the place where the decision needs to be made, you know, is between. And I think that's true of HRT or or any or bioidenticals or any of the things that women do is like it needs to be a decision between the physician and the and the woman. Right. Right. This is this is not something that no matter whether it's deciding because you have fibroids or endometriosis or whatever, that you're going to have a full hysterectomy or whether it's HRT or abortion or whatever. 
These are medical decisions that need to be made between a woman and her doctor, period. And, and I, you know, like the menopause support group is great. The, the Facebook group is great, but there's also like, you know, if you're bleeding for nine days straight and it's not normal part of your life, call your doctor. You know, if, if, you know, when I started to have two periods in a month, I called my doctor because that was unusual for me. And I, and, you know, and the other thing too is, and I cannot stress this enough for everybody, find a doctor you like, find a doctor who listens to you, you know, find a doctor who's going to spend time with you, especially, especially for OBs and OBGYN stuff. And, and I have not had a male OBGYN since I was 20, no, since I was 30 years old, because I, because they don't get it. And, you know, as, as sexist as that sounds, I firmly believe that most men cannot understand what this is all about. They can understand the medical part of it, for sure. And there are definitely compassionate doctors out there. And there are plenty of OB men OBs who love to deliver babies. But I don't know. This is just not something that, I, I don't know. It's just not something I see men being good at. Right. This is very specifically a female thing. So, I don't know. Maybe that's sexist of me. I don't know. So, and I think talking to your family is important. I think talking to your friends is important. Mm-hmm. So, we all know that there are different ranges of symptoms. Some people don't have any. Some people just stop bleeding and that's it. And that's it. Yep. And, yeah, and discussing in those sort of face group, Facebook groups are good, too, to find people mm-hmm. who have felt the way that you do so you feel a connection, you know, because oh. if no one in your family has right, or none of your friends have and you feel isolated, maybe joining some kind of group would help help you f- not feel not so crazy. Yeah. yeah, not so crazy. And and the other thing is working with like. You know, one of the reasons I lead a Girl Scout troop is because I believe we have to remove the stigma of all of of talking about all of this stuff. And it starts at, you know, at 10, at eight, nine, 10 years old. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. like there are age appropriate ways to talk about these things. And then and to just be there and and, you know, like my kids, you know, starting to grow boobs. So we talk about it, you know. And we talk about what it's going to feel like and how it's how painful it is. You know, she started my kids started growing pubic hair when she was eight years old. It was a little like shocking because I didn't you know that I don't remember it happening to me. But like the fact that she could come to me and be like, Mom, what is this? Right. And talk to me about it. Like I could I would have never gone and said, I've got hair in this place. I don't think I'm supposed to have hair. I never would have talked to my mom about that stuff. No, me neither. And so, you know, so so destigmatizing stuff like that is is for me is is so important. Um, you know, it's like there's there's a funny story, and I don't know if you guys have covered this on. I don't remember if you've covered this on the podcast of like the first woman who went into space, and the the NASA was like, so how many tampons do you need? Yeah. Like a hundred. <laughs> Yeah, we did talk about that. She was going to be there for like what, like a day, two days, something like that. It was like, yes, I know that would be too many. Like, it's just, it just, it looks stupid. Like, why don't we talk about this stuff? Every single woman on the planet, well, not every single woman, but most women goes through this at some point. And, you know, it's like, 
Why don't we, we're 52% of the population of the world. It drives me insane. Like that's one of the reasons I love your podcast so much is because you're just talking about stuff. Yeah, we feel like it's important. You know, I grew up with brothers and like dick jokes were at the table. They were served with dinner and God forbid I mentioned my vagina or my period and my period was only ever used against me in like, oh, you're being such a bitch right now. What are you on your period? Like, and that would come out of my mother's mouth. It still comes out of her mouth. Right. And she doesn't even realize how misogynistic that is. She doesn't. I call her out on it constantly. And she's like, Jennifer, I'm just saying that's not mom. Forget it. (laughs) It's too (laughs) late for you. (laughs) Give up. Yes, I'm on my fucking period. Whatever. Thank you for coming on the show. And if you have any follow up questions, just let me know. I'm happy to, you know, do it again. We will. Maybe we'll check in with you in a few months. Well, you can find us um, on Facebook. You can email us at belaymentontheveg at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Yay. Bye. Bye.